Welcome back to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. And today, we are finishing up our series on birds. And just like the other birds, this bird is a very unique bird, but it is a very different bird. And it's not a bird that we typically think about, pay any attention to. Some of us may not even know about this bird. But today, you are going to find out. Today's podcast is going to be, you guessed it, about the turkey vulture. That's in case you haven't paid attention to the title. But the turkey vulture is a bird that nobody thinks about, really. It's not a bird that's talked about in conversations um, with even with all of the television shows I've watched on birds and um, things I've read about birds, don't often come across the turkey vulture. But it is a bird that you probably see maybe almost even daily. It's a bird that you see and you don't really pay attention to unless it's on the ground. The turkey vulture is a scavenger. So I went on my favorite website all about birds and I did a little bit of reading and so I'm gonna read a little bit about this bird to you. The habitat of a turkey vulture is mixed farmland, forest area, rangeland, uh, but you particularly notice this bird on the side of the road, usually feasting on a dead caucus. Turkey vultures, they like to eat dead flesh. Which is probably not why we really talk about this bird. Um, but when you think about it, this bird is needed because there is a lot of roadkill and um, Somebody's got to take care of it, right? And that's the job of a vulture. Most of the food that they eat are reptiles, other birds, amphibians, fish, <clears throat> and even invertebrates. They prefer freshly dead animals. But they often have to wait for their meal to soften in order to pierce the skin. Another interesting thing about this bird is that uh, they target the softest bits first and even they're even known to leave aside the scent glands of a dead skunk. Hmm. This bird has an immune system that is so excellent that it cannot contract many of the bacteria that comes from dead animals like salmonella unlike their black vulture relatives turkey vultures almost never attack living prey so really the only difference between this bird and the black vulture is the black vulture is smaller um in which i'll read a little bit about it but it is smaller and they sometimes do attack live prey when they nest they don't build full nests. They may scrap out a spot in the soil or a leaf litter, uh, pull aside um, um, obstacles that may be, you know, kind of hindering them from getting what they need. 
or they'll arrange the scraps of vegetation or rotting wood to make a nest. They like to have their nest in rock crevices, caves, ledges, trinkets, uh, not trinkets, Lord, what am I saying? Uh, in the thickness of uh, wood and um, branches. They like to live in hollow areas of logs, uh, particularly from fallen trees. They will sometimes use an abandoned hawk nest and sometimes abandoned buildings. They will use places within an abandoned building. They um, like to, I'm just kind of skimming through some of the important stuff in this uh, article. They don't really like to be around human traffic. Um, so you may not see their nest anywhere like near a, a, someone's house. But if you live out in the woods like I do, it's, it's possible. The turkey vulture's distinctive slow teetering flight style probably helps the bird soar at low altitudes where it is best able to use its nose to find caucuses. At other times, they may soar high on thermals and form mixed flocks or kettles. On the ground, they move with ungainly hops and are less agile than black vultures. Often, especially in the morning, they can be seen standing erect, wings spread in the sun, presumably warm, cool off or dry, or dry off. Outside of breeding season, these birds like to roost um, with other individuals. Sometimes you will see them um, flying in the air with hawks. Now, what I want to point out, because I know that I'm reading this, but you still may not really know what a turkey vulture looks like. And I have another article here. I'm going to say, I'm going to describe to you what they look like, but I want to see if this article will give you a bit of a hint. So yeah, so there are two species of vultures in Georgia. I live in Georgia, the turkey vulture and the black vulture. The turkey vultures are used, they usually weigh about five pounds with six foot wingspan they appear so here it is they appear black from a distance but are actually a brownish black with feathers on the wings and their feathers on the wings appear silvery gray beneath so when you are looking up at the sky and you see big birds flying around most of the time we assume that it's a hawk i mean at least i did i always assumed it was a hawk for a long time i would even mistake the hawks as eagles i'd be like oh they're going eagle they're going eagle because i'm from dallas texas and in, in dallas texas um some you will you know in the the really foresty areas it was really not foresty areas in texas but like the the wooded areas the areas where there's just a lot of terrain um you will see eagles and then I saw eagles in Oklahoma, you know, near the mountains and sometimes on the side of the road. They were not bald eagles, but they were eagles. Um, but normally what you see is a hawk. And so when you're looking up in the air and you see these big birds flying around, if it is a black bird, the wings are black. I mean, from where you, from where you can see, they look black. It's a brownish 
It's actually a brownish black, but it looks black. And then the wings, it's shaped like a V, but the wings appear white or a silvery whitish color. So the tip of the wings along the wingspan and the tail will be this, this silvery whitish color. Those are actually turkey vultures. If it is a hawk, it is going to be brown. From where you can see, it's going to be brown. There's not going to be white tips. There's no, you're not going to see any of that. It's going to be a brown, large bird. Just brown. All one solid color. But when you see those that silvery white along the wingspan, that is actually a, a turkey vulture. So you see them more than you think you do. You just probably have never paid attention to them. The adult's head is small in proportion to its body. Very, very small. And it's a red in color with few to no feathers, but usually the black but usually have black heads when they are younger, um, causing some people to mistake them for black vultures. So this this vulture has a red head, usually no fur. They don't have any fur or feathers on their head because they're putting their face into caucuses and that eliminates bacteria from getting in their eyes and things like that. Them not having that that hair or that not hair, but the feathers and things like that on their face. So it's not a very cute bird. It's really kind of an ugly bird. Um, but the unique thing about this bird is really it's harmless. <laughs> it's, all it does is just eat dead stuff. It's not, it's not a bird that will attack you. Um, if you see it out in your yard or you see it out in a tree, it's not going to come charging at you. If your children are out playing, you don't really have to freak out there. Matter of fact, this bird does not even kill. It's another interesting thing about this bird. It doesn't kill. It just simply is why they feed on caucuses because it's some, something else has killed the animal and they're going to go after and eat the flesh. And so that's what they do. So a couple of fun facts from, this is FC Master Nationalist. FC Master Nationalist. And this is dot com. And so some fun facts. Turkey vultures are the only scavenger birds that can't kill their prey. I just said that. They were known as the peace eagles by the Cherokee people because they are unable to kill. Groups of perched vultures are called a wake. That's a little disturbing because, you know, when somebody died, normally they, you go to a wake and now you'll probably never look at that the same. If a turkey vulture is disturbed or harassed, it will throw up in the direction of whatever is bothering it. Uh, that's kind of gross. So they're harmless, but if they, if you happen to see one uh, and you're bothering it, it's a possibility it might throw up. And I have to say, I've had quite a bit of experience with these birds. Um, a few houses ago, <laughs> a few houses we lived in before we got this house, uh, we used to actually, I don't know what was getting killed in our neighborhood, I, I, but the vultures would actually, the turkey vultures would actually, it would be like 
five, six, seven, eight of them. Like it would be a lot of them. Um, and they would be in people's yards and they would be eating, you know, whatever was dead. And, um, you know, there are times we would come home from work or, you know, picking the kids up from school and we'd be driving down the street and, you know, we're on our way to our, we're in our subdivision. We're driving to our house and <laughs> we're literally blowing the horn at them because they're like all in the street. And it's kind of freakish because it's a really, really large bird. And to be that close to a, a six foot wingspan bird that's ugly it's like and it's a lot of them just walking around like it's you know it's nobody's business it's kind of freakish and so we used to see these birds all the time so we have a lot of experience with seeing these birds around and not one time did they ever try to harm us I, I remember um I was walking my dog a couple of times and my dog at that time was a puppy and um yeah, we could just walk right by them and they, they would not even pay us any attention. So it's just the, the most weirdest, strangest, freakish thing in the world. But but it's our perception. It's, it's our perception of this bird. So nonetheless, uh, groups of vultures spiring upward to gain altitude are called kettles. Neither species has a voice box and can only make sounds like grunts and hisses. Okay. Let's see what else I want to read. Turkey vultures can swoop up to 60 miles per hour in order to avoid being mobbed by ravens or jays. If you go back a few podcasts, matter of fact, on Halloween, I talked about the crow. And the crows are sort of known for this mobbing thing that they do. And so you might want to go back and um, re-listen to that podcast. Sometimes they are referred to as buzzards. You hear that a lot. However, this is a term used by the Europeans for certain types of hawks. Uh, I've heard of that too. I did a, uh, I think I did a podcast. On, I did do a podcast on hawks. And I think I mentioned that in the podcast. So the last thing I'm going to say is the word vulture comes from a Latin word that means to pluck or tear, referring to the vulture's feeding techniques. And that's exactly what they do. I watched a video on just like a close up of watching um, a vulture eat. And that's literally what it does. It plucks and it tears and it's food. Um, This particular vulture was eating a rat, which I have not a problem with. And he was plucking it and um, tearing it apart and so that's what they do and uh, so you know (laughs) it's a very interesting bird but again not a bird that we talk about all the time and I've talked about all of these wonderful birds and to end it on this note with a turkey vulture is you know hey it is what it is but it's a very needed bird because again we have lots of roadkill you know uh, in my area we see a lot of deer um especially uh i live used to live in if you're familiar with alpharetta and um man i don't know what it is about it's like duluth area i know what it is about that but they get hit all the time out there (laughs) it's just like you we would be driving and we would see three deer on the side of the road just you know within short distances from each other and we often will see the vultures out there 
picking and tearing them apart. So, you know, usually if somebody's driving down the street and they hit something, it was like, well, what do you do? Who do you call? So you kind you 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 may hit it. You keep going. You call the city. The city. They come out and a lot of times they just push it off to the side of the road. They don't always actually pick up the animals. So, you know, they let nature take its course and, and it's going to sit there and stink and smell. And who wants a rotten deer in the front of their mailbox? So the vultures come out and that's what they do. And um, oftentimes it'll be one eating and then the other ones kind of wait, you know, and because it's it's with chickens chickens have a pecking order and so with uh turkey vultures it's it's not really a pecking order but you know it's kind of like there's one that's dominant and so you just kind of they kind of wait and and kind of take turns but it's always a lot to go around and you know again you have dead possums raccoons and you got all kind of stuff cats sometimes even dogs and you know something's got to happen to get them cleared off the street and so that's where the turkey vulture comes in it comes in to clean up the streets so in reading this of course I have to tie this in somehow with the word of God and I have found a way to do that so after I come back I will discuss how the turkey vulture ties in as a scavenger to the word of God. Stay tuned. The Bible in God is very clear about what happens to us as humans, no matter what race, no matter what religion we are, no matter our background, our culture no matter what has gone on in our life in the past what's going on in the present no matter how successful we are no matter how busy we are no matter how many children we have no matter what the bible is very clear about obedience in another podcast i talk about obedience and disobedience but today I'm going to talk about it again in, in more of an in-depth way and tie this in with a turkey vulture and how is a, it is a scavenger and what happens from a spiritual standpoint when we are disobedient to the Lord. It doesn't seem like a, a, a good note to end on, but there are other podcasts that are coming before I end the season, but it is something that is very important to be discussed And so I'm going to dive right in. I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I'm going to move around a bit in chapter 28. But I'm going to start at verse 15 because this is the consequences of disobedience that God has for all people. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. And I'm going to skip around a bit within this chapter I just said that but I'm not going to read straight 15 all the way down I'm going to read different scriptures but we're going to dive right into the consequences of disobedience this is God's commandments this is how he feels about disobedient people in general children adults this is for everyone this is not just for your children this is for everyone this is for the entire world 
If we are disobedient to the Lord's commandments, to the things he has called us to do, these are the things that will happen. This is not Kristen's word. This is not something I'm making up. So if you don't like what you hear, don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger. Get mad at the Lord because this is coming directly from God. Consequences of being disobedient. Verse 15 states, But it shall come about if you do not listen and obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments and his statues, which I am commanding you today, then all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Verse 16, you will be cursed in the city and cursed in the field. You will be cursed in the city and cursed in the field. That means everything you do in your city will be cursed. It may look like it's going well, but it is a curse attached to it. Then everything you're doing in your field, in your garden, in your, your homestead, your farm, everything that you're doing will be cursed. Verse 19, you will be cursed when you come in and you will be cursed when you go out. You curse when you come, you curse when you go. Verse 21, the Lord will make pestilence and plague cling to you upon his upon until he has let me read again the lord will make a pestilence and a plague cling to you until he has consumed and eliminated you from the land which you are entering to possess now this particular scripture struck me hard when i read it because right now what is going on in our country COVID-19. When we look on the news, it's all coronavirus. Coronavirus this, coronavirus that. Coronavirus took out this many people. Coronavirus took out that many people. Nobody is dying of cancer. Nobody's dying of diabetes. Nobody's dying of anything else. At least they're not being reported because everybody is dying of COVID-19. Perhaps could COVID-19 be a plague upon the land for our lack of obedience? There is a book, a very, very, very good book called The Harbinger by Jonathan Cain. And oh my God, he talks about this in the book. Could perhaps we be under judgment? Could perhaps this be a part of our disobedience to the Lord as a whole, as a people, as a whole for our disobedience for the Lord, because particularly in America, it was founded on Christian principles, but we have strayed so far away from those principles. And so could perhaps this be a punishment? I'm going to read it again. It says the Lord will make the pestilence and plague cling to you until he has consumed, which is overtaking you 
and eliminated you. What does eliminated mean? That sounds like death to me. Eliminated. I'm you out of here. And eliminated you from the land which you are entering to possess. Verse 24, the Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust. No milk, powder and dust. From heaven, it will come down on you until you are destroyed. Verse 25, the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. Does that mean that when we, whatever we're fighting against, we're being defeated? Doesn't mean that we're, we're, we have civil wars going on and a war going on in other countries. Are we being defeated? You will go out against them one way, but flee before them seven ways. And you will be an example of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth when they see your destruction. 26. Take note. Your caucuses will be food for all the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth and there will be no one to frighten them away what does that sound like could possibly one of those birds be the turkey vulture as I know, there are only two scavenger birds, at least that I know of. I could definitely be wrong. I'm not a bird ex expert. But the turkey vulture and the black vulture are scavengers. And it says your caucuses will be food to all the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. We haven't even touched on the beast. And there will be no one to frighten them away. Verse 27, the Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt and with tumors and with the scab and the itch that you cannot heal. That's kind of, think about that. The Lord will strike you with the boils. Have you ever had a boil? Let's just stop right there. I've had a boil before. I got one right after my oldest son was born. I got one and it was underneath my armpit. Oh my gosh, it was the worst thing ever. Boils hurt. And this says the Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt. Which means all the plagues. Yeah, those boils will be on you. And with tumors and with the scab and the itch that you cannot heal. There is no healing for this. You will not find a cure for this. The Lord will strike you with madness and with blindness and with bewilderment of heart and mind. You're not going to even be able to grasp this with your mind. You're not going to be able to, you, you'll lose your mind trying to grasp it. I'm going to jump all the way down to verse 39. You will plant vineyards and cultivate them, but you will not drink the wine or gather the grapes because the worm will eat them. Verse 42. The cricket will take possession of all your trees. Oh, that's coming. And produce of your ground. So the, pro the product 
anything that you have in your ground, any produce that you have in your ground is going to possess that. The stranger who lives among you will rise above you higher and higher and you will go down lower and lower. Well, that does give me hope that somebody in this situation is going to go higher. Verse 45. So all these curses will come on you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed. Because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God by keeping his commandments and his statues, which he has commanded you. They will be a sign and a wonder to you and your descendants forever. I'm going to go all the way down to verse 58. Let's go back to this COVID thing. Let's go back to the things that are going to enter this earth for for disobedience if we are not careful if you are not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book to fear and honor with reverence this glorious and awesome name the lord your god then the lord will bring extraordinary plagues on you and your descendants even severe and lasting plagues and miserable and chronic sickness. Jesus. Verse 60. Moreover, he will bring on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid and they will cling to you. Also, the Lord will bring on you every sickness and every plague. There's a whole lot of stuff about plagues in here, which is not written in this book of this law until you are destroyed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up. Verse 61. Let's read that again. Also, the Lord will bring on you every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of this law. Until you are destroyed. So something's going to come up on us. That we ain't never heard of before. That we didn't see coming. And that was not even written in the book. Wow. Verse 62. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. You who were a numerous. I'm sorry, numerous as the stars of heaven shall be left few in number. So basically, this is going to happen to so many people that it's like trying to count the stars of heaven. You can't count the stars. There's so many stars. There's too many of them. When we think about the numbers of the people that have died of COVID, and this is not me lashing out because COVID has hit America. It has hit all of us. It's hit the world. And so many people have died. And I'm not saying everybody that's died has been judged. But I'm saying that what the word of the Lord is saying is that because of our collective disobedience to him, these are the things that he's going to bring on the earth. If that person is saved, they love the Lord, they will live in right, they're in heaven. So COVID just was a door opportunity for them to make it into heaven. They got their crowns, they got their, their mansions, they, they living with the Lord. They're wonderful. This world is trash. This world means nothing because they are in a wonderful, glorious place. 
that place cannot even compare to this place. So they are good. But perhaps what's coming upon the earth is because of our disobedience. Perhaps. And so it will be so many people that will die that it will be like counting the stars in heaven, in the heavens, in the celestial heavens. So how many people have died of COVID? Millions. Every day you turn on the news, it's, the numbers are ridiculous. I, sometimes I'm watching, I'm like, they lying. It can't be this many people dying of COVID. I mean, because it's just so ridiculous. The number is so ridiculous. It's just so insane. But it says, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, you who were as numerous as the stars of heaven shall be left few in number. Will only be a few people that make it through this. So if you are disobedient, you will be left for scavengers to feed upon you. Your fields, everything that you put your hand to will be cursed. But then what happens if we turn around and we repent and we are obedient to the Lord? Well, let's back up. Let's, we're still in chapter 28, but we're going to back all the way up. I'm going to read verse 2. Same in the Amplified. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God. Verse 3. You will be blessed in the city and you will be blessed in the field. Verse 6, you will be blessed when you come in and you will be blessed when you go out. Now, before we said you will be cursed. It said you will be cursed when you go, when you come in and you will be cursed when you go out. So basically, if you are obedient, the opposite would happen, right? The total opposite would happen. So verse 7, the Lord will cause the enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way, but flee before you seven ways. Does it sound familiar? The Lord will command the blessings upon you in your storehouses and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Verse 11, the Lord will give you great prosperity in the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your livestock and in the produce of your ground in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you the Lord will open for you his good treasure house the heavens to give rain on your land not powder but rain on your land in its season and to bless all the work of your land all the work of your hand, everything that you're doing, he's going to bless that. And you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. Verse 13, the Lord will make you the head leader and not the tail, the follower. And you will be above only and you will not be beneath. If, if you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, today, 
to observe them carefully. Sound familiar? I'm going to read verse 14. Do not turn aside from any of the words which I am commanding you today to the right or to the left to follow and serve other gods. This is what will happen if you are obedient. So in a world where there is full of plagues and diseases and sicknesses and crops failing and insects and crickets and and hornets are overtaking certain places and oh my gosh just everything that you can imagine those that do obey the lord will be prosperous those that don't obey the lord will not simply as that the bible says i lay before you life or death choose life If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then, only then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their lands. I will heal their lands. I can tell you as a person that garden, there are times where I plant stuff, it grows, it's, it's bountiful. At times it's not as bountiful because the land needs to be healed. So do you want scavengers flying around what's yours, eating away at you, eating away because of our disobedience? Or will you choose to be obedient and not worry about everybody else and what the world is doing and whoever in government, government officials, if you not worry about that, if you just be obedient to the Lord and trust him, he will take care of you. He will prosper you. He will put a hedge of protection around you. There was so much that I covered reading this chapter, but there was so much I didn't cover. There is... There is 68 verses in this whole chapter. I only read a few. You must go back and read the entire chapter. If you are obedient, you will get this. If you disobedient, you'll get that. Let's apply that mothers to our children or anyone who has been around children maybe you worked at a daycare a nursery you work in school you are around children if they are good if they're obedient you don't mind going out and blessing them with things but when they're disobedient most of us are not going to reward a disobedient child i have three children i have that one that like to push it to the limit. So I have to tell him, you know what? Nope, you can't have an iPad, you can't have an iPhone, you can't have a skateboard, you can't have none of that until you are obedient. Because I will not reward a disobedient child. And so when he's obedient, that all changes. Okay, now you can have this. Now you can have that. You can have the good of the land because you are obedient. When you go to your job, there is obedience there. Because if you don't go to work, you show up late all the time. 
you're being disobedient towards the rules and regulations of your job. You showing up to work late all the time. You're not coming to work. You calling in. You sick all the time. You at least you calling in sick all the time, but you really not. But you calling in sick. You're being disobedient to the rules and the regulations of that company. Then guess what? You don't get paid. You don't get a promotion. You don't get a bonus. Eventually, you get fired. You get laid off. No one's going to keep you there because of your lack of obedience. When you're in college or you're in school, you have to work hard to get good grades. You have to be obedient to that system. The moment you step outside of those lines, you get an F. You don't pass. You don't move on to the next grade. You don't graduate. You have to stay there another semester because you were not obedient to the rules and the regulations, to the guidelines of that system. Now, we're not talking about you make a mistake. God is not going to put a curse on you because you made a mistake. If you go back and read 28 and read it carefully, he's talking about the children of disobedience. You are are disobedient, period. That is your personality that has become you. You have become a disobedient child. Not you were disobedient one time or you made a mistake or, you know, you working in this area, but you're still struggling in this area, but you're working hard to to turn that around and you really are doing the work. We're not talking about that. You, if you got a cold today or you were exposed to COVID and you think you might have it, God has not put a curse on you. You happen to be around someone that had it and maybe you've been exposed to it. The Lord will take care of you. You know, go get tested. Do what you need to do. Take care of yourself. Do what you got to do. Mask up. Take some some uh, probiotics. I, I mean, you know, we we mask up when we leave the house. Um, for the most part, I'll be honest, I don't mask up everywhere. Well, when I'm out in public, I mask up, but I don't. There is one place I go. I don't mask up. And that's only because I'm there all the time. And I'm the few people that I am around, I'm around these certain people all the time. And they don't really go anywhere. And so we're all together. Needless to say, though, but when I'm out at the stores, when I'm out in the marketplaces, I mask up. I have my mask on. And if I'm going over somebody's house... I don't know who they are. I've not been around them. They're not my close relative where I know where they are all the time. They, you know, I mask up. We are constantly taking probiotics. We're constantly building our immune system. We're working out. We're staying fit. We're staying healthy. We go outside. We need to, we run around. I don't, I don't want my, my, um, body to be so masked up all the time to where I'm not, uh, what is it? I'm not, um, uh, my immune system is, is getting weaker because I'm not doing other things to build my immune system up. But when I leave, I go to the store, I go to the mall, I go wherever, I mask up. I go to a restaurant, I mask up. I'm around a bunch of people. I don't know who these people are. I mask up. When I'm with my intermediate family, I don't wear a mask because we're all together. We're all together all the time. We're not, they're not over there and I'm over here. We're all together. The people that I, the the small circle of people I am around, we are all together all the time. And so we do what we're supposed to do. We do what we need to do. 
And so I'm not saying that if you get it, that is a curse put on you. This particular scripture is talking to the people who are disobedient, that their personality is disobedience. They walk in disobedience. As a nation, we have walked in disobedience to the Lord. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, you have to do something because you work in a certain environment. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your lifestyle is disobedient. You have not followed the commandments of the Lord. And as a nation, we have fallen away from him. We are not following the commandments of the Lord. We're not. As a people, as a nation, as a whole, as a world, as a whole, we have not always done our part. We have placed other gods before the Lord. We have not obeyed the commandments. We've turned away from him. Lord, forgive us. Lord, we repent. We do not want to fall so much in our career and in fashion and in social media that we turn our backs on you. We never pray, never read our word. You never sit down to pray. You never read your word. You stop reading your word. You had last time you picked up a Bible. You don't even remember the last time you picked up a Bible. You don't remember the last time you actually prayed unless you really wanted something. Or somebody was dying and you wanted the Lord to save them. But you really don't have a relationship with him yourself. You were only doing it out of hurt. And sometimes those things happen in our life so that we can turn around to God. But we have operated in disobedience. We've not loved the way we're supposed to love. Sit around and gossip. You just have something to say about this person all the time. You don't even know her. You just have to talk about it. You got to talk about how she look, how she wore her hair. She don't wear her hair like anybody else. It's weird. It's all crapped up and bunned up and she's got scarves and all kind of crazy stuff going on and you're talking about this person all the time they don't ever have on no good socks every time you see them they got on dingy dirty socks well go buy them some have you thought about that maybe they're in a hardship maybe they can't afford to buy themselves socks so why don't you go buy them socks but you are in the lunch room and you're talking with your friends and you're gossiping about them You're not operating in love. You're operating in a gossip spirit. Covetousness. You covet everything. You want to keep everything to yourself. You got a big, beautiful home. A big, beautiful home. It ain't even enough rooms in a home for you. Just you and and your husband and your two children. But you don't want nobody coming over to your big, beautiful home. You don't want them getting your carpet dirty. You don't want them getting your floor dirty. You got to keep up appearances. So every time that they come around, you got to make it look like you got everything going on. Somebody need a place to stay. They ain't coming to your house. They ain't staying with me. No family get togethers at your house. No family barbecue at your house. Because you're coveting your home. 
Your home has become a God. Disobedience. What really would Jesus do? He would open up his home for the least of them. Disobedience. You have three cars and you know that there is somebody at the church that has that is a single parent and they are on the bus. And you could give them that car, but you've coveted your car. You have so much food at your house, you don't never invite anybody else over to eat. We're going through a pandemic right now. You know that there are other family members that maybe you can't see. There are family members I haven't been able to see because of COVID-19 outside my little inner circle. Because of COVID-19, I can't see them. They're on quarantine. We don't know where they been. We can't be around them. But if they don't have no food to eat, I'm certain that I can find a way to get them some food if we have an abundance of food in our home. Somehow we have forgotten how to love and be givers and not just takers. You don't want nobody coming near your yard. You yelling at your neighbors. You don't half like your neighbors. You're not trying to find a middle ground. These are the things of disobedience. This is what I'm talking about. Not you made a mistake. Not you struggling in this area, but you're really working in this area. We're talking about a person that practiced disobedience. Greed. And oh Lord, my favorite, pride. Nobody can tell you nothing. You're just so prideful. You don't need no help with nothing. We have operated in disobedience. We have not kept the commandments of the Lord. We're selfish. We have other gods. Now you're making up gods. It used to be, at least you could could run to other religions, but now you're just making up stuff. Because you are being rebellious. You want to have anything but God. Because God caused your parents to die. God did this. God is, you know how we blame God for things. We forget that we live in a world that's already destined for evil because Satan is over this world. But we can live in this world but not be of it. Having sex outside of marriage fornicating, committing adultery, idolatry. We have idols. We have not kept the commandments of the Lord. Operating in total disobedience. This is what Deuteronomy 28 is about. Maybe you need to go back and read the Ten Commandments. There's more commandments than that, but let's just start with the basics. The Ten Commandments. Okay? So once you've gone through the Ten Commandments, where do you fit into that? What can you change? 
what can you ask God to forgive you for and ask God to help you work on? Because God is not about condemnation. His desire is to save everyone. Hell was not made for people. It was made for Satan. But he drew one third of those angels from heaven with him. So just that just should show you how deceptive he is. If he could be in heaven and deceive deceive one out of every three angels and take them down with him do you not think that you can be deceived right here on this earth the bible says even the elect would be deceived so even the ones that look like they got it together they they supposed to be a pastor they supposed to be an evangelist i am never moved by that I don't care if you got pastor, minister in front of your name. It was so crazy. I was on Facebook with my husband. He was looking for somebody, some old friend from from school. And um, we somehow came across this person. And they had this long title in front of their name. It was like literally like prophet, oracle, seer, evangelist, minister, pastors such and such and I was just like what (laughs) I mean oh my gosh are are we not into ourselves the Lord didn't even have that many names he was just Jesus he well he has that many he has a lot of names but when he was on this earth he was just Jesus he was the savior of the world that's it he didn't have all them names. You don't see those names in the Bible when you're looking at people's titles. You don't see all that. You don't even really see titles. You don't even see that. I I was just blown away. And I wasn't going to judge the guy, but I, I was intrigued. I was like, well, let me go on his page and see what he's doing. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot of names. Wow. That's amazing. So, I mean, you know, we can kind of be full of ourselves. We can we can get full of ourselves. But at least if we're going to have that many titles, let's be powerful. Let's be great. And let's be obedient. And let's not have a turkey vulture or a black vulture or any kind of scavenger eating away at our spiritual flesh and tearing us apart because we have been left for dead. We are no longer any earthly good. That spiritually we have been left for dead. So that is all that I have today. I hope that you got something from this podcast. And the bird series is gone, y'all. It's over. I have any more birds at this time to talk about. Because there's plenty of birds that I could talk about. But I don't have any at this point to talk about. Next week I'm going to be moving on to a couple of other uh, things that I've seen around the homestead, I've seen around my backyard, um, and um, actually next week I think I'm going to be talking about my leopard gecko. I have a leopard gecko, and I'm actually going to talk about my leopard gecko a little bit and apply that to a biblical principle. And so stay tuned for that. But thank you so much for joining in on Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. I hope you are enjoying the podcast. I hope you, that you enjoyed the bird series. I surely did. I have to say it was probably one of my ultimate favorites out of all of the things I've shared on the podcast. And thank you so much for your listenership and your love and your support. 
And I just hope that, you know, whatever I have to give, that you just keep coming to get fed from it. Because in the midst of me teaching you about these things, I am learning so much myself. So in essence, I'm teaching myself um, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So thank you again for listening. And I shall be back with you next week. God bless you and you make it a great week. Thank you. Hi, this is Kristen, and thank you again for listening to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. I want to offer you an invitation today, an invitation to Christ. For John 3.16 states that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If that is you today and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, all you have to do is confess your sins to him and then say, Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. And there you are saved. Please subscribe to my channel so that you can receive all of my future podcasts and then go on over to YouTube and look up Encouragement from Kristen's Homestead and you can follow me there as well. And as an addition, I am also on Instagram at Encouragement from Kristen. Thank you again for listening and God bless.